Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. Well guys, today I am exhausted. Oh my goodness. Um, so yesterday, um, I was actually starting to work on building out the ground mount solar system for my mom's new off-grid system. And yesterday I spent all day digging and like some really rough terrain, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> It, we did some test holes in different spots um, to see if the ground was a little bit better in some areas and it was kind of hit and miss. Um, so I decided just to stay where I originally dug my first hole um, just because it was closer to the power shed. Um, but there was also a ton of rocks. So I did use the hydrojet for the first hole and it actually went very smooth. And so I was very positive. I was like, yes, this is going to work. And literally it, it put the hole in the ground in less than a minute. Less than a minute, it, I was able to have a nice hole. But then that changed for pretty much every other hole. Well, I mean, every hole after that one. Um, because there's a lot of rocks, just a lot of rocks. So it works great if you mostly have, you know, dirt. Um, but if you hit rocks, it's not going to do a whole lot, especially when the rocks are big, you know. And so I spent all day yesterday, um, you know, digging these holes with an oo bar. Um, so I could try to break up the rock. Um, I even had to use my SDS hammer drill um, to chisel and break some of the rock and put drill holes into some of the rock in order to try to chip them and break them. Um, that way I could remove them out of the hole. Because I'm trying to make the hole as small as possible to a certain degree. Um, that way I'm you know, not going to be using too much concrete. But with that said, there was only two holes that I was able to make a decent small hole for the for the pipe that we're putting into the ground as the stand and um, but pretty much all the rest of the holes got a lot bigger because I was ha having to pry out um, these big rocks and break them in half and you know all of that um, so I spent my whole day pretty much um, just digging holes I you see I put one so the solar the ground mount solar frame itself has six holes um, for the pipe that goes into the hole, basically the stand, and that's getting concreted in. But then I'm also putting a small fence around the solar panels. That way the cattle don't mess with them. And so I put, let's see, six, seven, eight. I put eight holes in the ground yesterday, and I was exhausted, man. My hands are, like, really sore today. My back is really sore. <laughs> Everything's really sore from throwing an oo bar and breaking up rock all day long. In fact, I'm so tired, I didn't wake up until pretty late today because my body was just out of it, you know. Um, but then again, too, you know, it's not a race, but I just obviously I do want to get it done as, as soon as possible here. Um, so I was able to put in five. Um, I was actually put, able to put in the eight holes. I was able to install five of the galvanized steel poles in the ground. The reason why I couldn't put the sixth one in yet um, even though I have the hole available, is because I ran out of concrete. Because, like I said, the holes ended up turning out to be a, a little bit bigger than I wanted them to be. But I had no choice. And so that's okay too, you know. Um, so, But it took a lot more extra concrete to fill in, you know, those, those holes. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I came up short. So I do need to go buy at least another three or four bags for the last hole. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. All the um, pipe going in the ground will be completed. 
Uh, and then I dug the other two holes for the fence post, which is just basically wood fence post. And I put the wood, the wood fence post in already. And I compacted those with dirt and rock with the OO bar um, just to put those posts in. So, yeah, I was able to accomplish quite a bit yesterday. Um, you know, obviously I had to dig all the holes, um, cut all the pipe to size, get it all in there, mix the concrete, put it in there. Uh, and, you know, just keep moving, right? And keep in mind, guys, it was absolutely just a whipping wind yesterday. And even today. Today, it, it's a whipping wind. It's just craziness out there. So, all you hear is just the wind on your your ears, you know? And you can't even sweat. As you're digging the hole with an OO bar, like, you literally cannot sweat. There's no sweat coming out from you because the wind is so strong that it's <laughs> drying you up <laughs> so fast, you know? So, um, you know, there is that part. Um, but yeah, I did get, I, I got a quite, quite a bit done yesterday. I'm pretty proud of myself how far I was able to go considering there was like two holes that was really hard, like real hard. I literally had to get the SDS hammer drill and drill a whole bunch of holes, um, kind of like crosswise through the rock in multiple locations. So that way I could get the OO bar to actually slam um, where I put all the the holes that way I could crack the rock and then pry it out so that took a while um, but it's done so that's the main thing so now today all I got to do is go and pick up about three or four bags of concrete um, go out there mix it throw it into that last hole with that last pole I already have the pole in the ground all I got to do is actually just you know put concrete in it and level off the pole and um, yeah we're pretty much ready for horizontal um, pipe to go on top in fact the the first row of three the back row already has the pipe on top as a as a guide it's not mounted um, but I do have it up there up there temporarily um, it was as a guide <clears throat> so once I finish this last hole today uh, I need to start getting ready to weld the horizontal pipe um, to all the vertical pipe coming out of the ground so there's two of those pipes that I have to weld on um, they're both 21 feet long each and so once I'm able to put the concrete in put that one pole in and I put the two horizontal poles on and weld all that together then pretty much the hardest part of this project is pretty much over at this point if I can get that done today I don't know my body is killing me guys and I'm definitely behind schedule that's to say the least um, but yeah we, we are moving forward on the project um, yeah it's coming together. Um, we probably have about two weeks, I think, if I was looking correctly, I think two weeks before delivery of my new solar panels, the 7,000 watts of panels, um, and then the 6K grow watt all-in-one inverter and two EG4 batteries. Uh, so the two EG4 batteries and the 6K grow watt all-in-one inverter is going to my mother. The 7,000 watts of solar is going on my solar system. And I'm going to be removing my solar panels and I'm giving it to my mother for her system. Since she doesn't need 7,000 watts, I'm just going to basically give her all my panels uh, and then hook them up. So I'm pretty excited because I want to get the last pole in the ground. I want to get the horizontal poles welded on and all that squared away and done. Um, then that way I can start um, getting the Unistrut. Um, you know, the Unistrut because there's like 12 pieces of Unistrut that needs to be attached to those horizontal bars um, and I also did a um, angle test 
So here in Hawaii, um, about 20, 20 degrees is kind of where you want to be on your angle of, you know, for your solar panels. <clears throat> so when I was making the, you know, the, the pipe for these, the, basically the, the foundation, right? There's three poles in the back and three poles in the front. So they had to be at different, the three poles in the back were taller, of course, and then the, the three in the front were smaller. Um, but what I did was I did a mock-up. I actually used the Unistrut. I kind of put all the pipes together to a certain degree, put that one Unistrut on so it would give me the angle of approach that I needed, and that also gave me the height of the um, shorter poles of, you know, exactly how high I needed to, to have them. And so when it's all gonna, when it's all said and done, the panels will be at a um, 20 degree angle facing south. So I'm just trying to optimize, you know, obviously the, the panels as much as possible. But in our area, um, especially over here where I'm actually doing this project, um, it is 20 degrees. Um, I double checked it with multiple things um, to, to make sure that I had my angle correct. And yeah, we're correct. So at 20 degrees, we're good to go. Now, 20 degrees may not be good for where you're at um, because obviously we live in completely different locations. Um, but at least here in this location, it is 20 degrees. So, but yeah, I'm just trying to get myself together. Like I'm completely out of it. I'm tired, man. Woo, I am tired. But it's got to get done, you know. If I can get that last con that last hole concreted in, and then if I can mount those horizontal poles, man, I can start attaching all the um, Unistrut already. And then basically, once I hook up all the attach all the Unistrut and get that all squared away, I'm basically ready for solar panels to go and get attached. So. <clears throat> so I'm pretty excited. I am really excited. Um, but yeah, yesterday was windy, guys. And so I'll uh, kind of give you guys an idea of my setup that I have out there. So I previously um, unloaded all the um, building materials and all that stuff off my trailer, so it was so it would be there. Um, and then uh, then I reloaded my trailer up with an IBC tank that I filled up with water. Uh, I have my welder generator on there, and I have a one horsepower um, shallow well pump. Um, it's not the ones that go slide down into the into a well. It's the other ones. You know, you can set them up. So it basically, basically, it's a one horsepower water pump. Um, so I connect. I have all that on top of there, and I was running the generator in order to run the water pump to give me pressurized water from the water tank. Um, for the pressure washer, but not only that to, you know, fill up, you know, when I'm mixing concrete to fill it up faster instead of relying on gravity. Cause gra it does work gravity, but it's, you know, obviously a way slower when I could just, you know, turn the nozzle on and it's like full blast, you know, water coming out. So that sped things up. I also want to give you guys another tip of what I did because my, you know, I got a kind of a bad lower back for a long time now. And so when you're digging holes, it takes a toll on your back, especially when you're, you know, flying around a OO bar to break up all the rock and stuff. Um, but as you start making a hole and you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper, you're struggling to get the material out. So I use my shop vac to actually suck out all the dirt and the, you know, beat broken pieces of rock and all of that. And that really sped things up and also took a lot of load off of myself from actually digging the hole itself with a shovel. Because if you use an oil bar to break up the dirt, break up the rock, you have all this stuff at the bottom of the hole every time, right? And you need to get it out. So normally you would try to slide a shovel down in there and, you know, try to 
you know, get it out of there. Well, since I had my shop vac, we just used the shop vac to suck it all up. And then once the shop vac got full, we'd basically just open up the shop vac, dump a pile of dirt out of it right next to where we're digging the hole anyway. And yeah, keep going. So it really made really quick work of removing the actual material after I got it all loosed, you know, loose from the OO bar. So yeah, if you guys are looking to try to save your back a little bit, and if you have power available, um, use a shop vac because it'll just suck it up quick, real quick. So that's that's kind of why we were able. I, I was able to get as far as I did yesterday. If I had to like manually take it out with a shovel, oh man, I don't even think I would be where I'm at now because the ground is is the ground is so weird. Like in some spots, it's like really nice dirt, and then you can just move a couple of feet over, and it is just rocks and rocks and then there was once that there was one hole that was so bad that it literally had a huge i mean huge huge rock that was sitting i was able to get down about two feet and then i hit this huge rock in this one hole and i had i have no choice i have to figure out how i'm going to accomplish it because i cannot move now because i already have all the rest of the holes right there was only one hole that was really bad with a boulder sitting in there well not a boulder but a really big rock like huge <clears throat> but luckily I was able to use the SDS hammer drill, drill whole tons of holes in it. Um, and then basically use the old bar to crack the rock in half and then dig it out. So that, that's how I was able to do that. So yeah, <laughs> I was getting, I was getting worried about that one because I was like, Oh man, if this is a huge boulder and, and I'm not able to crack, you know, a section off and get it out of the way so I can keep digging, then I'm going to have to come up with a better idea. In fact, I was even thinking I might have to just basically, if the rock was so big where I won't be able to crack it, I was going to um, use my SDS hammer drill to to make that rock, top of the top of that rock, nice and smooth, you know, flat at least, not smooth, but flat. And then I was going to put um, concrete anchors um, into the actual boulder rock uh, and then attach that to the bottom of the um, vertical pull and then put concrete over it so i did have a backup plan but luckily i was persistent and i just stayed in there and just kept going kept going and then i was able to finally break a section off and just big enough where i could keep digging down to get down to about three feet so um on average they're roughly around three feet they're not exact some of them i had to completely stop at like two foot like two foot eight you know um two foot eight inches um, because literally I was hitting bedrock. I was just hitting solid like boulders, rocks that, I, that I'm not going to be able to break up, you know. Um, so I went in as deep as I absolutely could. Some of, there's, we have a couple that are easily three foot, no problem. Um, but then there's a couple that are a little bit more shallow. But because there was a lot of rocks in these areas, the holes became a little bit bigger than I wanted them to. So essentially they took more concrete, which is okay. Because what we're doing now is making up for the depth. So if you're not able to go as deep, then that means your hole has to be now bigger, which means you have to put more concrete to accommodate for that difference of not being able to go as deep. And so, yeah, I feel very confident that once it's all hooked up, this, this solar panel frame is not going nowhere. <coughs> it's not going nowhere, guys. That thing is in there. So, yeah, I'm just trying to get myself warmed up here, get myself together. Um, and yeah, I got to go to town, pick up some more bags of concrete and start doing that. So yeah. Oh my goodness. 
Um, and I have some really good news on the biogas digester really quick. Um, the biogas bag is still continuously filling because um, I was coming back and forth to my off-grid home to pick up more supplies or whatever I was using for my mother's off-grid project. So every time I came back home throughout the day, you know, I can easily just see my biogas digester because it's sitting right in front of my home. And the pop storage bag is getting a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And so, yeah, it's it's got some gas in it for sure. Um, but like I said, I'm going to just let it go until it gets completely full. And then we'll start using the gas. I'd, I'd rather have a full gas tank, basically, of biogas available to me. And then, um, you know, start taking off of that. Because if I start taking when the bag is, you know, really flat or low... Then I'll be depleting it and I may run out of gas at some point if I'm using, you know, too much at one time. <clears throat> so with that said, I'm going to wait for the bag to fill all the way up. So I have a big reserve, 660 gallons of uh, methane from the biogas. Uh, and then from there, I can start using it because this biogas digester can produce six hours of cooking gas every single day. If you're feeding it roughly about five gallons every day. Right. So that is the, the 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 spec, right? That if I put roughly about if I have the bowel digester nice and warm and in optimal um, temperatures and I put in about five gallons of food waste every day, I will be receiving roughly about six hours of cooking gas every day. So because I'm not putting in five gallons of food waste every day. Um, I'm putting food waste in it every day, but not that much. I would say um, quarter of a five-gallon bucket, maybe half of a five-gallon bucket, and then sometimes I have a whole five-gallon bucket, right? So it's just kind of hit and miss. And so obviously, since I'm not putting in a whole five gallons <clears throat> every day, my production won't be six hours of cooking gas every day, right? So that's why I'm waiting for the bag to completely fill. And then because my my actual gas needs for my house is very low, so, um, you know, there's, it's going to be able to maintain and keep the bag filled, you know. Um, I do have actually a whole bunch of food that I froze. It's actually at my other home in, the, in a deep freeze. I was saving food, you know, old food, wasted food or whatever, scrap food. And so I have a, oh man, I probably have half of a um, deep freeze full of food that I can um, put in here. Um, but I forgot to bring it out here this time when I came out because I had so much on my mind with all the materials I need to get from my mother's off-grid system and other things going on that I completely forgot to bring, you know, all that food. So when I go back out to my other home, I'm, I'll bring all that frozen food and then let it, um, you know, thaw out. And then I'll go ahead and put it into the biogas digester. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that it's working. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really ecstatic. Um, it's, it's really nice to start seeing the, the bag fill up. You know, because it's getting bigger, right? So it's nice to see the bag getting bigger because obviously we're producing gas. Um, and it's nice to know that I have that reserve. You know, I have that reserve. You know, so that's pretty important to me. Because essentially with as much gas as in there right now, we could start cooking. We could start using the gas, no problem. You know, and there'd be no way for me to use up all the gas in one day, even though the bag is not all the way filled that's a lot of gas in there you know 660 gallons of of gas is a lot of gas so even if i only have a quarter of that filled right right now that's still a lot of gas to use you know so 
yeah, I'm just going to let it fill up. And then once it gets full, I'll make a video on the biogas bag being completely full. So I can show you guys what it actually looks like when it's actually full. So that way, if you guys are thinking about going into, you know, buying something similar to what I bought, um, you guys know what to expect. Um, but yeah, any, any chance I get to put in any scrap food or anything like that, I'm putting it in a bucket. So right now I do have, um, like I said, I purchased a whole bunch of these black five-gallon buckets. And I got a bunch of these airtight twist-on lids that you can put onto any five-gallon bucket so it keeps it airtight. And so I have multiple buckets here at this house. I have a bucket at somebody else's house. And then I have um, a couple of buckets at my other home. And so, you know, there's always food waste being generated, right? You eat dinner. There's always extra. Sometimes you don't eat. And you're not going to throw it back into the main meal for leftovers, right? You're just going to throw it away. So let me feel how, how much is in here. Oh, yeah. So like in this bucket right now, I probably have a quarter of a five-gallon bucket. It's not that full, but I just put in um, whatever I had in there yesterday anyway. And so that quarter of a bucket is from um, last night's, pretty much last night. Yeah, last night, this morning, um, yesterday's lunch and breakfast, just scraps. Um, so yeah, it's doable for sure. It is doable. Um, now I'll put in um, perspective of why I went with such a big biogas digester. The way I see, see it is this, is that as time goes on, as you guys see what's happening in the world, things are going to get harder to get, um, or there's going to be huge, massive delays in order to get certain things. Not only that, the price of everything is going to start shooting up through the roof. It already has, right? Gas is outrageous. If you go to the, the grocery store, food is getting really outrageous. It's getting crazy. And so my my thinking process tells me, I, I, I look at it like when I used to run my businesses and my companies. You have to get the things you need now. Because if you wait too long, you may not be able to get them. Right? There's no guarantee that that certain, uh, certain products will still be available at the exact same price that they are. Right? Things will change. And even if they don't change, that's, that's good. That's good. But at least I'm prepared for that change. So if something was to happen where... If I wanted to get a biogas digester and it was an X amount, you know, six months ago and then now it's like double, well, hell, I could have saved a lot of money by just making sure I got it earlier, you know? And it's the same thing with like the solar panels and all this stuff that we're doing is the way I look at it is this, is that when electricity costs goes through the roof, fuel costs goes through the roof, food prices go through the roof, that means more people are going to be really leaning towards looking for an off-grid system or looking for something to meet their gas needs, you know, that kind of stuff, which is going to drive up supply and demand for those items. And that's when things start happening. The prices either are going to get shot up or there's going to be a shortage, you know, that kind of stuff. So I just plan for the future. That's just me. Um, <clears throat> that way I don't have to worry about worry about that, you know. And I'll give you guys an example of that. Um, so I use a lot of the Sonoff TH16. Um, they're a Wi-Fi temperature sensor where um, it's through EWE Link app. And that's how I monitor a lot of the temperatures of everything that I do. So um, at both of my homes, I have temperature sensors on the hot water heaters. I also have temperature sensors on the solar hot water heating system. I have a temperature sensor inside the biogas digester. I have a temperature sensor inside of my power room. 
I have a temperature sensor for a lot of these things. And I can monitor those temperatures from my phone. And I can also control certain devices to turn on and off if the temperatures hit a certain temperature. I can turn a pump on or turn a light on, whatever I want. And so that's really convenient and really, really nice. So I bought a whole bunch of them and I used them all up. But I need at least one or two more um, for some other projects I have going on. And I, you cannot buy them now. You cannot buy them at all. If you go onto Amazon and type in Sonoff TH16, you won't be able to find them. I don't know if they're dis, I, I don't think they're discontinued. I think they're just sold out. <clears throat> and the problem is, is that um, for them to sell out, that's, that's a problem because that means that they're not manufacturing fast enough. So there's something going on somewhere. So I went on to um, everywhere. I even went on to AliExpress. Um, you can go on AliExpress for yourself and go and type in the exact same thing. Sonoff TH16 temperature sensor. And it'll pop up. But when you go to select it, you'll, you'll notice that they're out of stock. They'll only have something else available. But it's not the actual thing that you need, right? Um, so I got lucky. And I was able to find somebody selling one on um, eBay. Um, and it was like... 30 something bucks. No, it's like, yeah, with shipping and everything, I think it came up to like 30 bucks for the sensor. And I was only able to find one. So I purchased it because, you know, I need it. I want to get it before there's nothing to get. And so, um, you know, th this is the exact example that I'm talking about, right? It's like, you know, it's going to get hard to get some of these things. And I really need one or two um, temperature sensors to add to my other stuff. And it's just not available. Even if you go to Sonoff, their actual website, Sonoffs, and you go and click on buy now, it'll send you to their Amazon link, their Amazon store where they sell it, and it's out of stock. Or no, no, it's unavailable. Not even out of stock. It's just completely unavailable right now. So th that's just a good testament to what I'm talking about with other things like, you know, biogas digesters, solar panels, inverters, batteries, you know, all that kind of stuff. So... I am glad that I did get majority of what I needed and I got lucky trying to find um, one more temperature sensor. So yeah, if you guys are looking for a Sonoff TH16 temperature sensor, good luck because I had to scramble around to find one. It was pretty crazy. So I hope, I mean, eventually they will restock them, but when is that going to happen? We don't know. That could, that could happen tomorrow. And that if it happened tomorrow, that'd be great because I'd buy a couple more <laughs> for backups, you know? Um, but if it's not tomorrow, then when? Right? Is that another six months, a year, or are they never going to bring it back? So that's a, that's a concern to think about. So yeah, uh, I'm going to get up here, guys. I need to get moving. I need to um, get out there and start mixing concrete. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned. I'm going to start documenting all this stuff, and I'll try to make a video on it, and that way everybody on the YouTubes can uh, you know see what's happening and stuff like that. So Thanks for tuning in. If you guys need stuff, you guys might want to pick it up now because you just never know. You never know. If there's one thing I can guarantee you, even if it's still in stock now, eventually the price of that will go up. That's just economics, right? Everything goes up over time. So even if they don't run out or there's no shortages, the price will go up eventually. So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you guys on the next one.